Chapter Sixteen of Running Fox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Running Fox by Elmer Gregor. Chapter Sixteen The Escape. The following day, the Delawares wait impatiently for an opportunity to venture into the village and learn the result of the battle. However, the day was more than half gone before anyone came to the lodge to free them. Then a warrior came and unbound them. He made them understand that they might go into the camp and partake of food. This is bad, said Rain Fox, as they left the lodge. The Mohawks kept us tied up until they closed up the place where the Chippewas got in. Now there is no chance to get out. Yes, I believe that is true, agreed Spotted Deer. They found the Mohawks still jubilant over their victory. The lads realized, therefore, that it would be foolish to show themselves too prominently at that time. Many of the younger warriors seemed carried away by the glory of their first triumph, and the Delawares knew that they would be only too willing to find an excuse for attacking them. For some time the lads had been quite free from annoyance, and they had no desire to lose the privileges which their long stay in the Mohawk camp had brought them. Those young men are very fierce, said Running Fox. We must be very cautious. I believe the best thing to do is to keep away from them. Yes, I am watching them, replied Spotted Deer. We will take some meat and go back to the lodge. The Delawares made their way toward the old woman who had brought their food. She was stirring something in a large clay urn, which she had propped up among the embers of the cooking fire. When the lads reached her, they stopped and waited expectantly. For some time the old woman took no notice of them. Then the warrior who had unbound them shouted some commands, and the woman immediately seized a forked stick and drew a piece of deer meat from the urn. She gave it to the Delawares and motioned them away. Having learned the folly of opposing those irritable old scolds, the lads determined to move off at once. At that moment, however, some of the young Mohawks spied them and ran forward shaking their weapons and yelling fiercely. The Delawares immediately stopped and stood at bay. The Mohawks rushed up to them and tore the meat from the grass to spotted deer. They threw it upon the ground and kicked it about in the dirt. Then one who appeared to be the leader picked it up and offered it to spotted deer. Before a running fox could warn him, spotted deer seized the meat and hurled it into the face of the young Mohawk. The next instant the enraged Mohawk and spotted deer were glaring furiously in each other's eyes. The Mohawk was only a lad but he looked considerably older and stronger than the Delaware. However, Spotted Deer showed no fear of him. For a moment it looked as if the friends of the Mohawk were about to take the matter out of his hands by annihilating both of the Delawares. The one who had been insulted, however, warned them against interfering. It was plain that he intended to avenge the affront without assistance. His friends held back, therefore, watching Running Fox. The latter realized that Spotted Deer must settle the matter alone, but he determined to rush into the fight at the first hint of the Mohawks reinforcing their tribesmen. Word of the impending battle had already been shouted through the camp, and the Mohawks were running toward the spot from all parts of the village. They formed a square about Spotted Deer and his adversary, but showed no inclination to interfere with either of them. Running Fox stood several bowlings from his friend, staring defiantly at the young Mohawks. For some moments the young warriors continued to glare at each other, each appeared to be trying to frighten the other, 
but neither seemed much alarmed. Then, as his people urged him on, the Mohawk crouched and began to circle about Spotted Deer, with his war club in his hand. The Delaware straightened and opened his palms as he smiled scornfully at his foe. For a moment the Mohawk hesitated. Then he accepted the challenge and threw down his weapon. A murmur of approval ran through the Mohawks. Running Fox felt greatly relieved. The Mohawk continued to circle cautiously about Spotted Deer, looking for an opening. The Delaware, however, was equally alert, and kept turning slowly with his eyes fixed on those of his foe. Several times the Mohawk crouched and pretended he was about to spring in, but each time he found Spotted Deer ready for him. Then for many moments they circled, and dodged, and tried for an advantage, while the Mohawks shouted encouragement to their young tribesmen, and Running Fox prayed silently to Getanitowit for the success of Spotted Deer. Then the Mohawk thought he saw a chance, and sprang forward with the agility and strength of a young panther. However, Spotted Deer anticipated the attack and jumped back in time to escape being caught. He wheeled about and sought to catch his foe, but the Mohawk had already recovered himself and resumed his position of defense. Both lads had given a wonderful exhibition of quickness, and the Mohawks yelled their delight. They began to realize that the Delaware was no mean adversary for his older and larger opponent and the prospect of a desperate encounter filled them with enthusiasm. In the meantime, Running Fox had remained an impassive spectator. He never for an instant appeared to lose control of himself. To all appearances, he was absolutely confident about the outcome of the battle. However, had the Mohawks been able to read his thoughts, they would have learned the true state of his feelings. He knew that the impulsive act of Spotted Deer had placed him in a desperate situation, and he foresaw serious consequences. If the young Mohawk should win the encounter, Rain Fox realized that they would be made to suffer all sorts of indignities from the young members of the tribe. On the other hand, if Spotted Deer should vanquish his rival, it was equally certain that the Mohawks would find some way of avenging the defeat. Rain Fox waited, therefore, prepared to act when the emergency presented itself. Spotted Deer was quick to realize that the advantage rested with his adversary, and he made no attempt to force the fighting. He had been thoroughly trained in the art of wrestling, and he determined to remain on the defensive until he had provoked the young Mohawk into exposing himself. The latter, however, appeared to have been equally well-schooled in that particular style of combat, and he, too, seemed intent upon waiting for an advantage that would give him an easy victory. For a long time he tried to trick the Delaware by jumping forward as though he were about to grapple with him. It appeared to be a favorite ruse, and he seemed considerably surprised when Spotted Deer refused to be deceived. Then the latter began to laugh at him. It was a daring bit of effrontery which instantly roused the anger of the Mohawk and his tribesmen. The result was exactly what Spotted Deer wished it to be, for the infuriated young Mohawk immediately lost control of himself. Throwing aside his caution, he rushed recklessly upon his foe. The Mohawk sprang toward Spotted Deer in an effort to seize him by the throat. Spotted Deer dodged and tripped him. Then, as the Mohawk stumbled forward, the Delaware sprang upon him and bore him to the ground. The next moment Spotted Deer found himself upon his back with his foe striving to throttle him. Aware that he was battling for his life, the Delaware fought with the fury of a wildcat. After a few moments of desperate fighting, he managed to wriggle free and rise to his knees. Then the Mohawk again forced him to the ground. This time, however, Spotted Deer found an opening and locked an arm about the neck of his foe. 
With his free hand he began to beat the Mohawk fiercely in the eyes. It was the only style of fighting he knew, and his foe was using similar tactics against him. In this primitive mode of fighting there was no thought of fair play. The same code of honor prevailed among all the tribes, namely to disable or kill an adversary in the quickest possible manner, and to accept punishment and death without flinching. Both young warriors had been trained in that rigorous code, and both were making every effort to live up to his principles. It soon became apparent that unless a Mohawk speedily broke from the grip of his foe, he was doomed. Spadir had forced his head down close to the ground and was punishing him without mercy. The Mohawk was fighting furiously to free himself, but Spadadir held on with grim determination. It was a desperate battle in which fists, feet, and teeth all played a part. The Mohawks were wild with excitement. They saw their young tribesmen in grave danger of defeat, and the thought drove them into a frenzy. They began dancing madly about the fighters, yelling encouragement to the Mohawk and threatening his foe. Running Fox watched him with great anxiety. He feared that the emergency he had dreaded was at hand. Spotted Deer was slowly choking the Mohawk into a condition of utter helplessness. He had him entirely at his mercy, and it was plain that he had no idea of sparing him. It was also plain that the Mohawks were about ready to rush to the assistance of their tribesmen. At that moment, however, the battle was unexpectedly ended by the father of the lad who had befriended the Delawares. Rushing up to the fighters, the medicine man seized Spotted Deer and pulled him to his feet. For a moment, the furious young Delaware seemed about to attack the man who had snatched away his victory. However, a warning glance from Running Fox told him his peril, and he submitted to the interference. Then the friends of the defeated young warrior rushed toward the Delawares to avenge their tribesmen. They were met by the Mohawk medicine man who dispersed them and escorted the Delawares to their lodge. Hi, that was a great fight, laughed Spotted Deer, when they were safely in the lodge. Yes. You are brave enough, but you have done a bad thing, said Running Fox. Now there is no chance for us. Listen, the Mohawks are yelling out there in front of the lodge. Pretty soon we will be taken out there and killed. They heard a great commotion before the lodge, and they had little doubt that the friends of the vanquished Mohawk were demanding their lives. They knew better than to show themselves. In a few moments a friendly young Mohawk came to them. My friends, do you hear that noise? he asked. Well, do you know what it means? The young men are very mad. They want to kill you. Do not be afraid. My father and Standing Wolf are talking to them. Pretty soon they will send them away. You are very brave. Some of my people feel good toward you, but I warn you that you must not do any more fighting. If you do, you will surely be killed. You have come to us like a good friend, replied Running Fox. We will keep thinking about your words. The noise ceased soon after the young Mohawk left them, and the Delawares believed that the disturbers had finally dispersed. It was some time, however, before they thought it wise to show themselves in the doorway of their lodge. Then they saw that the village had apparently become quiet. Several days later a large company of warriors suddenly left the camp, and the Delawares were glad to see that most of the young men who had annoyed them were members of the party. They wondered if it were a war party. It seemed unlikely for the warriors had left the camp without ceremony, and the people showed little interest in their departure. I believe they are either the hunters or scouts, said Spotted Deer. There are too many for scouts, Running Fox told him. We must try to find out about it. I believe it is a good thing for us. Now the people who troubled us have gone away. There are not many warriors about, 
it will be a good time to try to do something. When the young Mohawk came to see them, they tried to learn the purpose and destination of the warriors who had left the camp. Their efforts were in vain, however, for the Mohawk professed to know nothing about it. When they continued to question him, he grew angry and left the lodge. Now we have done another foolish thing, said Running Fox. We have made that young man mad. Perhaps he might have helped us. Now he may turn against us. No, I do not believe that, Spotted Deer assured him. He is our friend. He will not do anything to harm us. Spotted Deer, we must do something before those young men come back, declared Running Fox. There are three things to be done. First, we must find a way to get out of this camp. Then we must find something to fight with. Then we must get that mysterious medicine bundle. Those are hard things to do, said Spotted Deer. Well, we must do them, replied Running Fox. When it gets dark and the Mohawks go to the lodges, I am going to creep around the village and see if there is any way to get out. Running Fox, if you do that, you will surely be killed, warned Spotted Deer. No, I will not get caught, Running Fox assured him. Late that night, Running Fox left the lodge and stole quietly through the camp until he reached the stockade. It was the first time he had dared to approach it and as he crept cautiously along in its shadow his heart beat fast with excitement. He knew that if he were discovered it would mean death not only for himself, but for Spotted Deer as well. The thought made him careful. Stealthily, a stride at a time, he moved toward the entrance of the camp. When he finally came near it, he stopped to listen. All seemed safe, however, and he went on. In a few moments he reached the great barricade of logs that closed the stockade. He spent some time trying to move them, but without result. It was apparent that it would require the united efforts of a number of strong men to open the way into the village. Realizing the folly of wasting his strength, Running Fox turned his attention to the upper part of the stockade. He found that by climbing on top of the logs that formed the barricade, he was more than halfway to the top of the stockade. The discovery filled him with delight. He believed that by placing Spotted Deer on the barricade and standing upon his shoulders, he might be able to spring up and grasp the top of the stockade. Then he knew it would be possible to draw himself to the top. Once there, he felt quite sure that he could reach down and find a way to rescue Spotted Deer. When Running Fox returned to the lodge, he found that Spotted Deer disappeared. The discovery filled him with alarm. He wondered what it meant. All sorts of startling possibilities flashed into his mind. However, while he was trying to puzzle it out, Spotted Deer appeared. Well, what have you done? Running Fox inquired sharply. I have brought some things to fight with, said Spotted Deer. He had scouted about the camp and found two bows, a war club, and a case of arrows. Running Fox listened to the story of his exploit in amazement. Spotted Deer said that he had entered two lodges and moved cautiously among the sleepers until he found what he wanted. Once he had been compelled to lie in the shadows while a warrior passed within bow length of him. You have been very brave, said Running Fox, but perhaps the Mohawks will miss these things. Then it may make trouble for us. I do not believe anything will come of it, laughed Spotted Deer. Well, we must hide them with great care, said Running Fox. No, we must not hide them, we must use them, Spotted Deer declared excitedly. Running Fox, I have found the mysterious medicine bundle. The announcement so astounded Running Fox that it was some moments before he was able to speak. The thing seemed impossible. He feared to believe it. Spotted Deer, your words have sent me shaking like an old man, he stammered. I know that you have told me what is true, 
and still I am afraid to believe it. What I tell you is true, Spondier assured him. The mysterious medicine bundle is hanging in the sacred medicine lodge. How did you know about it? inquired Runny Fox. I did not know about it, acknowledged Spotted Deer. When you went out to look for a way to get out of the camp, I said, Now I must do something. Then I thought about the mysterious medicine bundle. I wanted to find it. I believed it must be in the sacred lodge. I told you about that. Well, I found the lodge, but I was afraid to go in. Yes, I was afraid of the bad spirits that helped the Mohawks. Well, I was ashamed about that. I went in. I moved around. I saw the mysterious medicine bundle hanging on three sticks. Then I heard a noise. Something squeaked like Achpokes, the wood mouse. I believe it was a bad spirit. Well, I was afraid to touch that mysterious medicine bundle, because nothing wonderful has ever happened to me. You have seen the medicine people. Nothing can harm you. Now you must go to the sacred lodge and carry out the mysterious medicine thing that gives Standing Wolf his power over our people. It will soon be light. You must not wait. Running Fox hurriedly told his plan for escaping from the village. He told Spot Deer to wait for him near the entrance into the camp. Then he hastened away to secure the sacred medicine trophy. As Spotted Deer had said, the night was three-quarters gone, and Running Fox knew that there was not a moment to spare. Still he realized it might be fatal to his chances to postpone the attempt until the following day. He knew, too, that the company of warriors might return at any moment, and he believed that the wisest course would be to take advantage of the opportunity which had presented itself. As Running Fox saw the outlines of the sacred lodge looming up before him, he stopped and raised his face toward the heavens. He prayed fervently to Gitanitowit to help him in the great thing he was about to attempt. Then he spent some time listening. The camp was still, and he advanced toward the lodge. He had almost reached it when he was stopped by a noise behind him. Someone was approaching. His heart jumped wildly at the thought. Still he determined to stand his ground. Having got that near to the prize, he had no idea of surrendering without a struggle. Spondier had given him one of the bows and a handful of arrows, and he prepared to surprise and attack whoever was stealing upon him under cover of the night. The moments passed, and no one appeared. Running Fox grew impatient. He looked anxiously toward the east and thought he detected the first faint trace of dawn. Each instant he delayed strengthened the chance of failure. The thought made him reckless. He turned to enter the lodge. At that moment he heard a low, threatening growl close behind him. Then the truth instantly flashed through his mind. One of the dogs had got a scent. He had been long enough in the camp to win the confidence of the surly, wolf-like creatures that had bounded there, and once the dog recognized him he had little fear that it would raise an alarm. Still he determined to take no chances. As he came close to him, growling and sniffing, he drove an arrow through its heart. It fell without a sound. The next moment Running Fox entered the sacred lodge. Once inside, the lad hesitated, for his heart suddenly became filled with superstitious fear. He had heard many stories about the fierce medicine spirits who his people had blamed for the remarkable success of Standing Wolf and his warriors, and he had little doubt that something terrible was about to happen to him. Then he suddenly recalled the words of Spotted Deer. You have seen the mysterious medicine people. Nothing can harm you. The assurance gave him confidence. He believed that to hesitate longer would show lack of faith in Gatan Edowit in old Sky Dog, and in the powerful medicine beings that had appeared in his dream. 
Moving carefully toward the rear of the lodge, Running Fox located the tripod of poles which held the mysterious medicine bundle. For a moment the Delaware feared to touch it, lest he should be instantly destroyed by some strange medicine being. However, the thought of helping his people made him bold, and he reached out and removed the bundle from the poles. Then for some moments he worked feverishly at the fascinates. When the bundle lay open before him, his eager eyes quickly discovered the sacred white pelt of Gokos, the medicine owl. As he finally held in his hands, a superstitious lad believed that he had suddenly received the power of the famous Mohawk war chief. Hastily retying the medicine bundle, he hung it in its accustomed place and hurried from the lodge. Running Fox was running toward the stockade when he suddenly encountered someone walking through the camp. They were face to face before either of them realized it, and there was little chance of avoiding recognition. Running Fox tried to withdraw into the night, but the Mohawk jumped forward and peered intently into his face. He identified him at once. Running Fox tried to use his bow, but the Mohawk was too close. He seized the Delaware and shouted to rouse the camp. He was a large, powerful man, but Running Fox was too quick for him. He jabbed an arrow directly into his face, and as the Mohawk shrank back, the lad wrenched himself free and darted toward his goal. "'Jump up there!' shouted Running Fox when he reached Spotted Deer. They climbed nimbly to the top of the log barricade that closed the entrance to the village, and then Running Fox clambered upon the shoulders of Spotted Deer. The camp was in a wild turmoil, and they knew it was only a question of moments before the Mohawks would be upon them. Running Fox found that he was almost a bow length from the top of the stockade. The distance was greater than he expected to find it, and for a moment he lost hope. Then, as he realized what it would mean to fail, he sprang frantically upward. His fingers closed about the top of the logs, and he struggled furiously to hold fast. For a moment or so it seemed as if he must slip back. Then he found a toehold against one of the logs and improvised his grip on the top of the stockade. The next moment he had drawn himself to the top. The Mohawks are here. Jump down and save yourself, cried Spotted Deer. Ray Fox took no heed of the warning. Instead he lay across the top of the stockade and reached down to rescue Spotted Deer. Jump up. I will help you, he shouted. A moment later they had clasped hands, and Spotted Deer was struggling desperately to reach the top of the stockade. Arrows were already whizzing past him, but as yet the darkness had saved them from harm. Once Spotted Deer had gained the top of the stockade in safety, they turned about and dropped to the ground on the outside of the camp. They heard the Mohawks struggling frantically with the logs that closed the doorway. "'Come, we must run fast,' cried Running Fox as he dashed for the woods. "'I will follow you,' replied Spotted Deer." Then they heard a wild babble of sounds behind them, and they knew that the Mohawks were rushing from the camp. Above the tumult sounded the fierce cry of Nienke, the lynx, the danger signal of the Mohawks. It seemed to come from the top of the stockade, and the Delawares believed that the Mohawks were sending a warning to the warriors who had left the camp earlier in the day. End of chapter 16